Welcome to this episode of Profess Hers, a podcast about movies, music, history, pop culture, current events, and literature, all discussed through the perspective of women's issues and feminism. I'm Allegra, and I think my favorite thing to do at Christmas time is not go to work. (laughs) I think that's everyone's favorite. Well, yeah, but you know, as a teacher, you get like several weeks off. Yeah, that's nice. What's your favorite thing to do at Christmas time? So my name is Misty, and I think my favorite Christmas time activity is decorating the tree. You love it. I love it. I really do. Do you like play Christmas music and make hot cocoa? You know, I would. It doesn't for... seem like you. No, my family would not go for that. They wouldn't go for the hot cocoa? No, my daughter doesn't drink anything chocolate, so no. Okay. Your child's obviously an alien. <laughs> So I have no more comments about that. But yeah, so you like decorating the tree. Yeah, we have this thing where every time we go somewhere, we buy an ornament. So decorating our Christmas tree is kind of like a scrapbook. Okay, or a charm bracelet. Yeah, kind of like that. Mm -hmm. I like it. So, Misty, what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about Christmas again. We just can't get enough of it. There's a lot to say. There is. Let's just jump into it, okay? I'm ready. Jump. Okay, so there's this thing that happens around Christmas time. Presents. Yes. Santa. Yeah. Cookies. Man, you are just all over this. It's called seasonal sexism. That sounds right. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it <laughs> sounds like it happens. So seasonal sexism is this idea that women are taking on extra work during the holidays that men are not. Can you guess one of the things that women take on that men do not? Am I allowed to say everything? <laughs> Basically, yes, you would be correct. The first thing that comes to mind is like the emotional labor of making sure that everyone is happy. Okay, so that idea is called family making. Okay. Because you're trying to build, especially for young children, this time of magic and this time that they're going to look back on 30 years later and remember like, oh, my my parents did this for us and we got that and we had this tradition. Yeah, which now that you're talking about it just seems to get more perpetuated. Right. Because it would make a child want to grow up and do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. So way back when, Uh 1950s. Way back when. Way back when. To when our parents were born. Well, my parents were born in the 60s, but that's fine. Okay. So that idea of women creating that magical time in the family Mm -hmm. was maybe a little bit more realistic because only about one third of women worked outside the home. Okay. But now, it's 2018. Yeah. Most women have full-time jobs, as do most men. Yeah. Most women are also doing an additional 14 hours a week of child or home care that men are not. Mm -hmm. And then throw on top of that all of the expectations around Christmas. So the things that women tend to take on that are not necessarily paid duties right. would be decorating, writing out Christmas cards. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm trying to imagine either of our husbands writing out Christmas cards. <laughs> 
Yeah, it just would not happen. And even if we, even if they did it, my husband won't even call his family on Christmas. Even so. if they wrote out the Christmas cards, I would look at them and then I would just throw them away and then I would start <laughs> over. Like, no. We're going to talk about that idea here in a minute too. Okay. Um, the buying of gifts, the wrapping yeah, of gifts, absolutely. The cooking and the baking. Not me, but yeah, for the most part, I, I mean. And then uh, various Christmas activities, like getting everyone in the family together to go look at Christmas lights. Yeah, or taking a picture in the matching sweaters. Or, yes. Okay. Uh, the pajama picture, right, that everybody has. Yeah. But because of all of this, Christmas is the most stressful time of year. Yeah, because you have external or internal, way more expectations put on you. Again, whether you're doing it to yourself or whether society's doing it to you or whether your own family is imposing it on you. It's a lot more expectations. And I think it's stressful for everyone, but it falls heavier on women. Yeah. And then even in that, because all of those activities require time and require money. And so there's a class issue here as well. So you're saying women of a maybe of a lower income level have an additional stress because they don't necessarily have the financial means to go buy all of these things. Well, yeah. I mean, think about you and I. We are about to get three weeks off of work. That's true. And so even though it's about to be real stressful, we have three weeks off of work that we're paid for. Right. So I have 40 hours additional week that I could write that's, Christmas cards. That's true. That's true. I'm not going to do it, but I could do it. I'm going to. I know you are. <laughs> and I think that's wonderful. It's a choice. Okay. But you had this uh, thing you said earlier that if your husband wrote out the Christmas cards, uh-huh. you would just throw them away and start over. Yeah. I mean, it's not that he... Uh, uh, it's not that you don't think he's capable. I, I think I just have a very high level. I'm Maybe just because I'm a control freak by nature. So this author, Leslie Bella, is going to uh, survey men and women about the work around Christmas time. And what she found was men often gave that as the reason they don't do it. Is because, well, I tried one year and she said my handwriting was ugly. Okay. First of all, people do this on purpose. They do a terrible job at something <laughs> on purpose so that they never get asked to do it again. I know people do it because that's how I do the dishes. <laughs> so I know it's a thing that people do. But also, it's, I think, a response that, 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 that women might have, right? This is ugly. This is terrible. So then they give up. Right. Or this idea that some men said, look, I don't care about this tradition. Why would I put in the extra work? Uh -huh. That we all have matching pajamas uh -huh. when I'm just as comfortable going to sleep in my boxers. Right. They don't care. No. They don't. I mean, no. I think my dad cares about Christmas decorating only because he has grandkids. Mm -hmm. So they get really excited and it's like a grandpa thing about it. My husband has certain traditions that he like really, really cares about. Yeah. That I didn't grow up with. So they don't matter to me. <laughs> but I do it because it matters to him. Like he has this thing on Christmas Eve where the elves have to bring you new pajamas. Yeah. I didn't grow up with that. You get new pajamas on Christmas Eve, Misty. Yeah, we just got pajamas when we needed pajamas. No. The elves did not bring us pajamas. You get pajamas on Christmas Eve. So this is something we've um, had well, to do I'm, since we've had Violet. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. This is... I didn't know that. It wasn't a thing I grew up with. But, yeah. You didn't get pajamas on Christmas Eve? No. We got gifts. I'm starting to think you were abused as a child. <laughs> you know what's weird is people who open all their presents on Christmas Eve... We, we, so we had a fairly large family, and so we would do one side of the family on Christmas Eve and one side on Christmas. 
And so that's why we got to open gifts on Christmas Eve. But did you, when you were a child, did you open all the gifts from your present, from your parents? No. On no. Christmas? That's weird. Yeah. People do that. It's weird to me. It's fine, but it's weird to me. But yeah, I mean, I remember as a kid, my dad putting up the Christmas tree, but it was very like... Your mom's telling me I have to put up the Christmas tree. I mean, he he was happy to do it, but it definitely wasn't his idea or his idea <laughs> of a good time. Right. Right. Yeah. And the only task really I think of is being really associated with with men socially around christmas time is putting up christmas lights isn't that weird outdoor christmas lights yeah but i mean it's like cooking right women cook in the kitchen but if you're grilling outside it's for a man to do that's true that's weird well it's back to that idea in the 1800s of women have the hearth in the home and men have the public and political so anything outside of the literal bounds of the home is for the men and anything inside is for the women yeah yeah and we carry that over into our modern lives in some ways it's weird it's real weird that we keep doing it but yeah um, so the other thing that this author writes about is about how women, especially in the age of social media, uh-huh. continue oh, to God. self-select to add more stress to the holiday season. I would, be- I would agree. So there's two examples here. The first one's Pinterest. <laughs> Back in the day, my family's Christmas tree looked like a hot mess. Yeah, but but a glorious mess, right? It's our, it's what is bless our mess. So we uh, decorated our tree this weekend, uh-huh. and my daughter's three, and she only can reach so high on the tree. Oh God, she I know all no. of the ornaments on one branch. I'm familiar with the the child's clump. My child is nine, almost ten, and she still puts <laughs> them all in a clump. Yeah, but if I, I'm not the person that takes pictures and puts it on social media. But if I was that obviously. person, <laughs> obviously, you're not a person who takes pictures and puts them on social media. No. But if I was, I would have to go and redecorate the tree so it doesn't look crazy when I put it on social media, right? Or you would have one picture that's like, ha ha, look what Violet did. And then another picture that's like, our Christmas tree. Or like the idea of a a family Christmas card. Again, we don't do this. But I know some of my friends go up and above and beyond and they have like staged photo shoots. And I just don't think that was a thing that happened when we were younger. So... I know you guys do the Christmas collage every year. Yeah. And sometimes I think, so it's a fa- it's my whole family, including my parents, my sister, brother-in-law and their family. And sometimes I think my mom tries to create a fictional universe for this card to exist in. And she'll say, why aren't there more pictures of this specific group of people? These, you know, your sister and her kids and you. And I'm like, well, we just, we didn't take a picture of the, those four of us. I'm in a picture with her kids. She's in a picture with her kids. I'm in a picture with my sister. There's no picture of the four of us. Well, we really need to put a picture of the four of you in there. Well, do you want me to draw one? <laughs> but my, Photoshop it, Allegra. But my mom has in her head, this would be a lovely Christmas card. Right. Sure, but we don't have that. Right. And literally no one else cares. No one is going to open the mail and say, oh, my God, where is Allegra with her nieces? Why are they not in this picture together? What's happening here? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we judge ourselves harder than we anybody do. else is going to judge us. We do. I, like, I, I get Christmas cards from my friends every year that are beautiful and their family is in this like amazing pose and their kids are so, so cute. Be, so be honest. Are you like, this is this is great? Or are you like, what is wrong with these people? No, I think it's great because okay. I love seeing their kids every year and yeah. I love seeing the creative stuff they do. I just know that that is outside of my element. I mean, you could you could choose a picture of your family. You could put it on a Walgreens Christmas card. I could, but you know what? I'm just not going to. That's okay. It's, it's fine. It's your choice. It's my choice. All right. And the other thing, aside from Pinterest, 
that we have chosen to add to ourselves yeah. are these extra traditions, such as Elf on a Shelf. Please don't. Oh, I've, I'm not doing it. Please don't talk about Elf on a Shelf. Do you know what it is? It's an elf. It goes on a shelf. So here's... Tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Stop me when I'm wrong. You buy it. Yes. It comes with a doll and a book. Some of them don't have the book. Some of them are just the doll. Okay. But yes. And you name the doll. Yes. Some funny name. I My friend has one and its name is Elfvis. <laughs> okay. That's cute. Uh, the neighbors across the street there's his name Kyle because their four-year-old got to name it. Okay. Yeah. Different different approach and then the elf hides no is visible in your home and apparently is watching you all yeah. the time mm-hmm. at watching your children at it's all like times fbi surveillance yes and then at nighttime does some kind of hijinks well at nighttime he leaves and reports to santa on their behavior for the day but then but when the kids wake up the elf has gotten into some kind of mischief Yes, usually. Or has moved around or has done something funny right. or is so like trying to brush his teeth or yeah. spilled something. And the okay. kids can't touch the elf because if the kids touch the elf, it takes away his magic. Or if they touch the elf, they'll realize he's just like a, a doll. 29 cent doll. Yeah. Okay. So. Up to what age do you think this goes? 10? <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. Okay. My daughter's three. So more than that. <laughs> Not in our home, but like right. other people that have three-year-olds, I think, could do it. So the thing is, you have to move this elf every single day. Mm-hmm. You have to put him in situations every single day. And yeah. you have to do it before the kid gets up. Yeah. And it's just, if you... Ch- there, there are people. There are people in this world who set elf on the shelf alarms. Are you serious? I'm sure there are. There if have it, to be, yeah. If it has to be done every day, it has to be done at a certain time. And there are people who take it very seriously. And they are people who think if their kids wake up and the elf has not moved, then the magic of Christmas will be lost forever. And Okay, so if that is your home and you love the elf on the shelf and you think it creates a family-making memory for your family, that's great. But you're self-selecting to do it. And I think that that needs to be the conscious choice, right? That yeah, if it becomes absolutely. a burden, if it becomes something that you think, oh my God, I got to get up and move this stupid elf then maybe it's time to let it go. Yeah. And and to relieve the social pressure, like you will not be a bad parent if you neglect your elf on the shelf duties. And your kid may or may not be disappointed, but you're not ruining Christmas. Right. And the thing is, like, Allegra, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I know my parents did so many things for us at Christmas. And I remember maybe half. Yeah. And it just, at the end of the I day. I remember cinnamon rolls for breakfast. I mostly remember the food. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, there's got to be an orange in the toe of your stocking. That's what makes it look like a stocking. We grew up in very different houses. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had oranges in our home. We had cinnamon rolls for breakfast. Then uh, we ate lasagna for Christmas dinner because my parents didn't want to cook a turkey or a ham. So close to having just done it for Thanksgiving. And we opened presents. And there were Christmas lights outside. That's, I think, all the ones I remember. And the pajamas, which all civilized people do, Misty. <laughs> well, apparently not. Well, you're civilized now. That's what's important. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, so I think that women just need to make a conscious choice of what we're choosing to take on, why we're choosing to take it on, and balancing it with the expectations around us. Yeah, we have to 
be healthy first, right? Is it is it mentally healthy right. for me to take on all of this extra stuff? Yes. And we want... And it's okay to say no. To take on the work that really adds value. Exactly. So the things that are really meaningful, not the things that are cute if you take a picture of them necessarily, but the things that really add, the, so the things that we know our kids are going to remember or the things that our children have told us they like. Yes. Because if we listen, they'll tell us oh, yeah. which things that they, you know, they'll say a month before Christmas, are we still going to go look at Christmas lights or are we still going to whatever? And there are some things that they probably won't notice. And there are some things I think they pretend to care about because they think mom does yeah yeah i mean i just feel like if you're gonna do it that's great that's wonderful have fun but if it's not fun anymore remember why you started doing it in the first place yeah and really so i mean really focus on the things that add value i think that's the most meaningful advice and the other thing that this author said was before even thanksgiving have a conversation with your partner about what the expectations are for the season and who is in charge of what so when your husband doesn't want to help you decorate the tree or doesn't want to help you do whatever it is, have you clearly laid out the expectation? Have you said, hey, I would like you to do this? Because don't expect your partner to be a mind reader. Right. And on the other side, don't expect your wife to do everything. Yeah. So both parties have to clearly lay out their expectations, say what actually matters to them and what doesn't. And the, just make a list of all the things. And first of all, some people, if you live in a household where one person is doing 80% of that work, the other person probably doesn't know that a lot of it is, e- doesn't even realize how many things there are. That was something in this um, author's study. She found a man that said, Christmas things just happen. This is a grown man. Have, saying you, seen, have you seen that YouTube video with the magic table? No. So like it's a husband and a wife and he thinks that that it's a joke, right? But he thinks that if you put a mess on a coffee table, it just gets cleaned up because his wife is doing it. <laughs> and he like watches he catches his wife like cleaning up a mess on the coffee table. He's like, "No, no, no, you don't have to do that." And she's like, "Oh, really? Are you going to do it?" And he's like, "No, if you just leave a mess on this coffee table, it magically disappears." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "No, that's not. No." So if you said, "Who's going to who's going to get out the decorations?" Who's going to hang up the lights? Who's going to wrap the presents? Who's going to buy the presents? Who's going to make a list of presents to make sure we've got all... Who's going to ship the presents to the people who live... Right. Right. If you list all of the things, I think at the very least, you're, you are letting the other person know this is all of the labor that I'm taking on. Even if you're not going to push any of those tasks onto another person, it's helfful for them to see and really know in an enumerated list how much you're actually doing when you're making that list you can decide which things you really care about and which ones you don't yeah so like when we first had our daughter i didn't know about the pajama thing (laughs) and i didn't care about it but it matters so much to my husband that we do it but if we hadn't had that conversation he would resent me for not doing it yeah and i would have no idea because yeah i didn't grow up with that yeah but at the same time when you make that list, you can say, you know, I'll find a shelf with a couple of cute pictures, but it stresses me out. Right. I'm not going to do it. Or, you know. And the other thing you can do is involve the kids in this, too. Okay, so maybe they're not going to wrap the present perfectly, <laughs> but they can wrap grandma's present. And that's sharing the responsibilities yeah. as a household, and it's yeah. involving them in the Christmas production. And if what's meaningful to you is reaching out to your family with Christmas cards... Maybe you don't have to hand make them. Right. 
don't let my mom hear you say that because she takes great pride in her handmade Christmas cards. But that adds, I mean, she, that adds a lot of value to her and to other oh, people. Oh, you don't just mean handwriting them. You yeah. mean hand making them. Yes. As you know, Misty, my mother hand makes cards. Yeah. But, but again, she. It's a choice it's and right. she loves it. Yes. That's fantastic. That's not a chore. We just don't. But if you found it a chore, you could just buy right. them at Target. Yes. And address, I mean. Yes. Find what's what's really meaningful and, and do that. Yes. I think that's great. All right. So uh, last holiday episode, we talked about problematic Christmas songs. Well, two problematic ones and one that I defended. So I wanted to also talk to you about some progressive uh-huh. Christmas songs, maybe. I don't know if I want to go that far, but non-problematic Christmas okay. songs. Sure. Which is in and of itself a form of progress. So the first one I want to talk about is Hard Candy Christmas, which what? I don't think you're that familiar with. I have no idea what this is. Oh, good. You'll be excited. Will I? I think so. Hey, maybe I'll dye my hair. Maybe I'll move somewhere. Maybe I'll get a car. Maybe I'll drive so far. Dolly Parton. Clearly Dolly Parton. And this is a Christmas breakup song. Yeah. But the reason I like it is because it's not blue Christmas, right? Right. This is, I'm sad. Yeah. But I'll be fine. Yeah. I'm just going to go cut my hair and I'm going to go drive somewhere. I'm going to get drunk on apple wine and I will forget about you. Yeah. I just, I love this Christmas song. It's great. Yeah. Just lie low Maybe I'll hit the bars Maybe I'll count the stars Until the dawn Me I will go on Nice Maybe Yeah I'll And she doesn't really even address The other person in this breakup Yeah I mean she keeps saying Maybe Yeah It's about her down. Yeah Maybe I'll have some fun I like Maybe it Yeah Yeah when is this song from? Oh man, the original version? Yeah. Let me look it up. Probably the 70s. I'll be honest, the, the picture of her hair in the album cover. I mean, it's Dolly Parton, so she could 82. have... 82. Yeah, she could have this hair anytime. <laughs> 1961, yesterday, same hair. Yeah, she could. <laughs> Not everyone, but yeah. That's great. Okay, so what's our next? Well, this is one that you put on the list. Okay. Cindy Lauper? Yeah, this is a great song. It's not exactly She-Bop. Yeah, it's uh, Cindy Lauper rocking around the Christmas tree. I know this sounds like a polka at first. It does. It's from from the 90s. Okay. You know, ska, polka, they were in. 
you know, if you're making a Christmas time playlist, and a non problematic, yes, yeah, and you want to avoid, you know, uh, Santa Baby. Mm-hmm. You yeah, if you want some fun songs by some you know strong, cool lady singers, this is one I would recommend. And it sounds a little different, so it's still a Christmas song. You mm-hmm. still know the words, you can still sing along, but it sounds a little different. Um, and it's from her album. Merry Christmas. Have a nice life. Nice. <laughs> Which I'm just going to choose to interpret in the positive way as opposed to... A kiss off? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then... I, I think we've got a Joan Jett Christmas song. Yes. So it's Joan Jett doing Little Drummer Boy. And there's actually a new version. If you have Spotify, there's a new version of this. This year, she did in the Spotify studios, but this one is a few years old. So, you know, just rock out with Joan Jett. I like it. But again... This is, you know, put it on your playlist. Your grandma would be cool with it. Just a little update. I mean, there's lots, too. I mean, we've got Stevie Nicks doing Silent Night. We've got Whitney Houston, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Diana Ross, Wonderful Christmas Time. Uh, So there are quite a few of these. And as you know, we love to make you playlists. So we'll put them on our Christmas playlist. And you can find them all there. And maybe I'll take Santa Baby off of the playlist. And, and put then Baby It's Cold Outside back on? It's already on there. Okay. Both <laughs> versions. Um, so the last one I'm going to play before we start moving on to our next topic is... This one is one of my favorite Christmas songs. And this is a version I'd actually never heard before. This is Gwen Stefani from No Doubt. another christmas christmas breakup song mm-hmm. apparently a popular time to break up with people yes i guess it's to avoid having to give somebody a gift i think it's just to avoid all the expectations <laughs> speaking of expectations there's this huge expectation um around christmas engagements yeah and so we've now got this problematic trend of uh sexist I don't think it's Christmas. a trend. I'm going to say it's a historical pattern. Yeah, okay. So, lifelong. <laughs> historic, generations gen- long. Generations long problem of these very sexist jewelry ads. You know what? I wouldn't even limit it to jewelry, but jewelry is one of the big ones. Yeah. I mean... Can you give me an example? So, I drive by a billboard every time I... Uh, <clears throat> Go on his go on a car trip, and it's a diamond store, and it just says "Happy Wife, Happy Life" with a picture of a diamond ring. And so that's subtle. That's subtle sexism. 
But here we are. I don't know if it's that subtle. Jewelry's going to make her happy. And if she'll she's, stop nagging right, you. The, 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 the opposite of this is if you don't give your wife jewelry, she's going to make your life hell. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically buy her this jewelry and get her to shut up. Yeah. Uh, but there are some more overt examples uh, from modern memory. Uh, De Beers, I think, is responsible for this ad that I'm thinking of. No, it's Pandora. That's put an ad up in uh, in Europe that said an iron, pajamas, an apron, a Pandora bracelet. What would make her happy? So here are your options. An iron, pajamas, an apron, jewelry. What do you pick, Misty? Well, those are my only <laughs> options. <laughs> I mean, you gotta pick the jewelry, right? Yeah, but why are your options an iron, pajamas, or an apron? Honestly, that's that's <laughs> bad. But you know what? I don't even think it's the worst one. Okay, what do you think is the worst one? I think the one that you were going to talk about was the De Beers one with the diamond engagement ring. Yeah. And it basically says if you give her this ring, she'll be forced to say yes. Yeah, it said she won't say no. Right. This is a rejection-proof ring. And so, like, their intent, I guess, was to say this ring is so nice, no one could ever say no to it. But but the subtext here is is to take away your agency and your consent and just to be like, yeah, just buy her off. Get a ring so big she can't say no to you. And right. then bend her to your will. Pretty problematic. And, you know, a lot of Diamond ads... Uh, either overtly or covertly insinuate that um, this is what women want. This is all women want. um, And or women will sexually open themselves to you if you buy them expensive jewelry. Right. It's like a bribe. Yeah. And there's a whole collection of these ads that the Atlantic collected and they've put in a list and we can link that to you. uh, So you can watch these commercials and it's, I mean, it's, some of them are, are pretty obvious, pretty overt, and some of them are a little more subtext. Right. So the uh, advertisements around Christmas play into these old gender roles and stereotypes that Absolutely. we've talked about yeah. a lot. Yeah. And especially like what the first wave and the second wave are fighting against. Yeah. But I don't think it's limited to just advertisements. Okay. So I know you want to get into some Christmas movies here. <laughs> I do. And I am, I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm willing to bet that we're going to see some of those same old gender roles. Yes. Played out. You you are. Because. And not in the most positive and progressive ways. My gosh. <laughs> I promise that this is not about to become a Christmas movie bash. Okay. I mean, we're not going to start bashing. Okay. All the Christmas movies. All Christmas movies. And we're definitely not going in any way to make fun of people who listen or who watch Christmas movies. But (laughs) are you familiar with uh, the Hallmark Channel, Missy? I'm aware that it exists. Okay. I couldn't tell you what channel it's on. Do you know what happens starting like at Halloween? Only because of you. (laughs) So starting literally, I think starting like the day after Halloween. So November 1st. Yeah, that would be it. Uh, they start playing Christmas movies. 
And for the most part, they are Hallmark Channel productions. So like original? Yeah. And they have, I mean, they've been making these movies for a long time. So they'll re-air movies from, you know, 2000, from the early 2000s up to the movies that they made last year. And then every year they make, uh, I don't know, 30? 30? Maybe 20? A lot of original movies per year. And some of them are wildly successful, and some of them are less so. This year, so far, I think the most successful has been a movie called It's Christmas, Eve, because there's a person named Eve in the movie. So oh, okay. It's Christmas Eve, and it uh, has Leanne Rimes in it, and she wrote original music to go into the, into the movie. Okay. So in the movie, she plays a musician, and then... But these are, like, made-for-TV movies. They're not, like, ever... Right. In a movie theater or anything? That's correct. Okay. So, but for the most part, there is, if we want to talk about them the way we talk about things, they're problematic. Okay. For a lot of reasons. Like? Well, to start with, they're the most heteronormative thing I have ever seen in my life. Man, that got Gender Studies 101 real fast. What is heteronormative, Allegra? Heteronormative means that they portray heterosexuality as what is normal and expected. And so there are, unless I'm missing some movies, no gay characters. Okay. And there are definitely no gay main characters. Okay. And there are definitely no gay love stories. All right. They're all love stories. They okay, all, so all these Christmas mu- movies are... They all end up They're with romantic a, Christmas movies. Right. They all end okay. with a kiss. Oh, okay. And even the ones about saving the family business, at the same time, she's finding the man of her dreams. But it's always... As one does. <laughs> it's always a woman and a man. Okay. And it's always a very traditionally feminine woman and a very traditionally dudely man. Masculine? That's Is the, that the word. word? <laughs> That's the word. Heteronormative meaning it reinforces gender stereotypes and it reinforces the notion that straight is normal and anything not straight, in, in fact, in the world of Hallmark movies, for the most part, doesn't even exist. Okay. They're very marriage focused. So they all basically end with, you found your husband. You found the person you're going to marry. But closed? Right. And... And even the movies where the woman has a professional job, there are movies where she's a doctor. Her main objective at some point becomes finding someone to marry or helping someone else find someone to marry. Always. Oh. I didn't realize that was what we were doing at Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, I got to go add that to my list of things to do. And they all. Marry off all my single friends. And they all, I would venture to say, amplify this feeling that women have that they have to make Christmas especially magical. So we have, I mean, you have to, you must in a Hallmark Channel movie have a real Christmas tree. If you have a fake Christmas tree, at some point in the movie, someone will lecture you about why you should get a real tree and then they will force you to go to, of course, a quaint family run just down the street, real tree, farm, farm, marketplace, tent where they're selling trees and and you must buy a real tree what about and it's crazy because in my experience very few people and it might be because we we live in texas very few people have real christmas trees very we used few. to 
we used to because it mattered to my husband a lot. But he grew up in New Jersey. Yeah. Where that was a thing. I, I, maybe it's regional. But yeah. So it's crazy to me that the expectation would is a default that you have a real Christmas tree. And that there's something wrong with you if you don't. But everyone is baking. Okay. Well, all the women are baking. Uh, they all are able to find the perfect gifts. And there are even movies, I swear to you, Misty, you would lose your mind. There are movies where the woman's job is she finds perfect gifts for people. She's a gift selector. I don't, maybe there's a better name for that job. Is that a thing? That's a, in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this too busy to go shopping CEO hires a gift mm, okay. expert to buy gifts for all the people. Gift expert. I don't, I'm telling you, it's the premise of a movie. What about um, diversity? Do you mean like which small town are they going to set the movie in? And is it going to be in Vermont, Maine, or Oregon? Okay. Is it the kind of diversity you're talking well, about? Well, I was talking about class, race. Okay. We've covered sexuality, basically is no diversity so how, how about these other things so hallmark movies take place in a fictional fantasy world okay where small towns small enough that everyone knows everyone but also thriving okay so we have no economic issues that right we're about right there are some movies where there's a poor person okay or there are the, there are the pores that you like go feed at christmas time but everyone for the most part is a privileged white person living in or moving to a small town. Now, I will tell you, this year, 2018, is the first year that Hallmark has had more than one original movie featuring people of color as main characters. And they have several this year. Okay, so they recognize the problem. And they're trying to... I don't to- know if they recognize it or if they just heard about it so many times from people. But yes... It is more... They're trying to address it. Yes. Okay. And I will say, so Lifetime also makes its own Christmas movies, and we'll talk about the difference in a minute, because that's something that's very meaningful to you, I know. But Lifetime has had more racial and ethnic diversity in their Christmas movies for a while. Okay. Comparatively, Lifetime yeah. is doing a better job. There's There have always been best friends who were more diverse, but for the first time, the lead roles are people of color in, in more than one movie. But they're still living in fictional fantasy small towns. And they still have perfect lives. Or they have, like, what you were saying about Leave it to Beaver. So their problems are perfectly solved in the time of the movie. So we have fixed everything in an hour and a half, two hours? Yes. Good to know. Lots of these movies are about saving family businesses. Well, if we have no economic problems, how are we saving a business? Well, it's an economic problem, but you just have to find the secret document that's behind the cookies. Oh, okay. Or you have to, can you have to, you know, get the evil corporate businessman to fall in love with you and teach him about the magic of Christmas, and then he won't want to take over the company anymore. Okay. It's all about teaching people the magic of Christmas. There's always a person who loves Christmas and has their real Christmas tree in their house. And then there's the person who doesn't care about Christmas or is a Grinch or is too busy. And so we have to teach them the magic of Christmas. We don't ever convince the Christmas loving person to calm down a bit. No. no. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. There will be none of that. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of a lot of movies are based on the premise that we have to resist the evil real estate developer who's coming to tear down our quaint inn to build condos. Condos, by the way, are the worst thing oh, okay. in the world 
in the context of a Hallmark movie. Okay. If you talk about condos, you're the devil. <laughs> okay. Good to know. And there's a lot of movies based on the premise that you have to keep a Christmas-themed business. So a Christmas store, a Santa Wonderland village, Christmas bakeries, toy factories, toy stores, a lot of Christmas-themed businesses that we're saving. Again, from the evil corporate person who most likely wants to build condos. You watch these movies. A lot. Oh, yeah. I watch a lot of them. We're getting to that. Okay. I told you I can ruin things, but I can also still enjoy them. I think the thing that that bothers me the most, and in fact has caused me to turn off several, is when a woman is put in a situation where she has to choose between a career that she's built for herself in a city, which cities, by the way, also of the devil in these movies, where she has to choose between a career that she's built for herself in a city and the magic of Christmas in a quaint small town with the hunky dude of her dreams whom she has met on a farm or cutting down Christmas trees or working at the quaint little inn or whatever. I hate those movies. Because you can't have it all. I don't I don't appreciate the premise that she would leave her career so easily. Now of course some people would rather leave their career to move to a small town. Right, we support choice. Sure. But I, I mean, repeatedly, I don't want to, it's just, it seems like. But the like, dude has never given the option to leave his small town and move to the city. No, whoever loves Christmas the more, the most, that's the person who we're supposed to think their lifestyle is more desirable. Okay. And that's the, that's the problem for me is, is there's no compromise there. Right. And there are, I mean, there are a lot of movies, sure, where the, where the women have the powerful career, but for the most part, She's running the bakery, and he's this corporate CEO, you know, who's coming to town to show everybody what's what. And build a condo. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of... Or she's running her family's Christmas store, and he's a real estate developer. There's no compromise. Well, they seem like kind of flat characterizations and not like nuanced portrayals. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because again, we're we're all living in fictional fantasy, small town, privileged land. Okay. There are very few towns like that. Again, maybe it's regional, but small towns I've been to don't have these kinds of thriving right, yeah, economies. Okay. So men are hopeless when it comes to childcare in the movies. Often we are supposed to be falling in love with the men who have the most typically masculine job we could imagine. What's okay. the most masculine gender role conforming job for a man you can think of? Marine. Okay, yeah, we got a lot of those. Mechanic. S- soldiers. Okay. Lumberjacks. Seriously? R- ranchers. All right. People running a lumber yard. Okay. People running a Christmas tree farm. I don't see that one as particularly masculine, but okay. But yeah, I mean, but they wear flannel and they cut down trees all the time and they drive big trucks and they live in the, right? Okay. And so, and then the joke is like, you can't wear your high heels out here in the country. Oh, it's like a farmer's only ad. (laughs) Uh, And women have also very gender typical jobs. Party planners. Tons of party planners. So many women in these movies are party planners. Bakers. Because we have a whole lot of parties in these little small towns. I'm telling you. Okay. No, they're big city party planners. They get hired to do a party in the country. Okay, so they're going to the small town and they fall in love with it. Got Got it. it. Uh, Bakers. Okay. Or bakery owners. Okay. Decorators, professional decorators. Okay. Shop clerks. Okay. Teachers. 
and of course the gift choosers. <laughs> I actually like that movie kind of where the woman is hired to buy gifts for every to choose gifts for everyone. It's a cute little movie. There are also I mean there's just a lot of ridiculous stuff like the houses in these so some of the houses in these movies Reindeer Lodge, Ashford Estate. Oh, they have named homes. Pemberley okay. Manor. Okay. But they're all about learning the go home and name my house. True meaning of Christmas. So here's some synopses. What is the true meaning of Christmas? I don't I don't know, but it has to do with owning a real Christmas tree. <laughs> Are you ready? Here's yeah. here's some synopses. Okay. A rich man falls back in love with Christmas and a party planner. I don't feel like I need to watch that movie because you just told me everything that's going to happen. These are, I mean, like, I took these from cable. Okay. okay? These are real. I'm not making this up. This is not satire. A woman hires a man to pose as her fiance when she returns home for the holidays. There's a lot of those, too. Pretending to have a boyfriend to impress your family. And then what do you think happens? They fall in love. They They hate each other at first, of course. And then they fall in love. Okay. They usually hate each other because one of them loves Christmas and the other one thinks it's stupid. After reuniting with her high school sweetheart, a doctor wonders if she should stay in the small town where she grew up to take over the practice and leave the city behind. Mm, I'm going to guess that she does. Yeah, she does. Okay. Sophie, the owner of Holly Lodge, tries to convince a developer that the lodge is actually a bad investment because he wants to build condos there. Ah, uh, okay. A no-nonsense professional organizer learns that opposites do attract when she begins to fall for her client, a frazzled widower who spends his time inventing toys. That one just sounds real bad. I, I'm telling you, these are real. How about this? Two school teachers take their rivalry to a new level to win a holiday baking contest and the affections of a handsome single father. Oh, so now we have women fighting against each other. Yes. Oh, okay, via a cookie baking contest. Okay. Yes, but they're spoiler alert. He picks the one who knows the true meaning of Christmas. Why did he have to pick one? Why couldn't they <laughs> learn to work together? He picked. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> Why couldn't he have been gay all along? I don't know. Here's the last one. A high-powered executive reconsiders her priorities when car trouble leads her to Christmas Valley, a town in love with Christmas. Okay, I have a proposal for you. Got it. I can write at least as good a movies as this. So one, we either write our own movies and we just follow this dribble and we get rich. Or two, we make a satire so, of these movies. So there are some satires. Um, so McSweeney's, the online yes. publication, has some satires. Okay. Oh, I'm going to read you some. These okay. are satire. Sandra, the stressed-out Goldman Sachs analyst who got lost in Mistletoe Falls and <laughs> fell for Luke, the local handyman. Dean, the real estate developer who checked into Holly Lodge with plans to strip mine 300 mountainous acres before meeting Jenny, the owner. I mean, so you can tell these are not that far. Yeah, off. M- Melissa, the yoga instructor, passing through Baker's Bottom when she crashed her Mercedes. Sean, the marketing executive who got stranded in Snowy Ripple during a ski trip. Like these, I mean, honestly, these could be the real thing. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about some trends that I have noticed in Hallmark Channel movies. Okay. There are no or very few career women who also understand the meaning and spirit of Christmas. Okay. You're, you're one or the other. 
Well, because if you have a high-powered career, it's like you're too masculine. And is that it or no? Yeah, so the the one that's coming to mind, and I'm, my mom's going to kill me because I can't remember the name of it, but um, Henry Winkler's actually in this movie as an uncle. But the woman has a very high-powered job. She's, I mean, she's a single mom. She has a nice home. She has a great job. She cares a lot about her family. She's trying to get her kid the perfect present. But yeah, like, she doesn't have a real Christmas tree. And she doesn't have time to hang lights outside her house, even though her neighbor, she's the only one on the street without Christmas lights. And so her neighbors always make fun of her for not having Christmas lights. And then Henry Winkler, her uncle, brings home a soldier whom he's met at the airport. And the soldier decorates her house for Christmas. And she learns the true meaning of Christmas. See, that's not even a nice gesture for somebody. Because then somebody has to come by after Christmas and take the lights down. So is he sticking around to do that? Because yeah, they're going to fall in love, Missy. Okay, I'm just saying. They're gonna fall if somebody in love. put lights on my house, I'd be a She's little She's going to break up with her corporate CEO boyfriend. Ah, uh, okay. Because he bought the kid a gift card for Christmas instead of a instead of a bike. So falling in love, winning the guy is the ultimate goal. Even if it's a movie about family business, even if it's a movie with a person who has a career, her main objective is to fall in love. There's always baking, cookie decorating contests, or cookie-based businesses. Tons of baking. Running a Christmas-themed business we talked about. In this movie called Christmas Getaway, after a surprise breakup, a woman decides to take their couple's trip alone. Only to fall in love. With herself, right? Nope. No. Okay. See, and that's what I wish would happen. But that doesn't happen. There are lots of inns. Lots of pageants. And a lot of them are based in department stores. So we are kind of emphasizing both this gender role of being a shop clerk or person who works in a store. But also commercialism around Christmas time. Yeah. So what do you think? You're going to go home and watch them? No. (laughs) Not not even a little. <laughs> so, Lifetime movies are a little better, in my opinion. I mean, how could they be worse? They're less focused on the tr- finding the true meaning of Christmas. They don't make being a good person and having a career kind of mutually exclusive, which that's an oversimplification of Hallmark movies, but... But you're going to uh, go with there's it. There's more representation. It's not ideal. It's going to take a long time before it's ideal, but it's much better. Women are more likely to have jobs and keep careers that fulfill them. It's not one or the other. And there's not a cookie cutter view of Christmas. So there's less like, you have to have a real Christmas tree. You have to decorate. You Right. So there's less of that. And, and a lot of Lifetime Christmas movies are set in cities. So we don't have this like almost like a small town fetishism that's happening in these Hallmark movies. Why do you think the Lifetime movies are so much better? Uh, I think the audience is different. So I think the Hallmark audience is... I don't want to make an overgeneralization, but I think Lifetime audiences are themselves probably more likely to live in a city than to live in a rural area. So they're reflecting back to the people that are going to consume the media that they're making. Yeah, and Lifetime has for a long time been appealing to a diverse audience so they have for i mean they're they're known for making movies obviously lifetime movies i think their their demographics probably skew younger also really so so then then hallmark channel yes hallmark channel airs reruns i guess when i think of murder she wrote really (laughs) yes i guess when i think lifetime i think like 
older no women no it's like for people in their 30s and 40s okay yeah i guess maybe i have an old view of lifetime and what it was yeah okay you're still thinking about my daughter's missing movies yeah Yeah. like there's somebody's always murdered or something well there's still a lot of murders (laughs) okay which is why i'm watching it okay here's my favorite line from a lifetime movie lifetime christmas movie why can't i find one nice guy who's who isn't going to wring my heart like a sham wow was it meant to be funny? Because that's funny. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It that is. wasn't like a dramatic dun dun dun. No. Okay. No. Yeah. I mean they're so they're a little less full of I mean yeah, they're they they're not taking themselves as seriously as Hallmark movies are. Okay. Absolutely. And they're not trying to teach you something. No. So I'm gonna tell you a few good things about these movies. Okay, tell me good things. Because again, as you as we have discussed, I do watch them. Apparently, yeah. And and I'm not here to bash them. I, I'm gonna admit something here. I didn't really understand that Hallmark and Lifetime were different things. <laughs> I kind of thought of them as interchangeable. And to be honest, there are other channels that are making these movies as well. And now Netflix has started to make them. Netflix has several of very similar of these like Christmas time. Rom-coms. Rom- yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's what's good about them. Okay. And here's, here's why, even though I, this is me lovingly poking these movies because I do enjoy them. I also think they could do a lot better of a job. And I don't know, honestly, that Hallmark's going to change very quickly. Because, again, their target demographic is very satisfied with what they're producing. So I think maybe other channels and Netflix have a better opportunity to make these less problematic, more representative. Okay. So, first of all, the first good thing about them is that they are about women. So just the representation. Yeah, they are about women and they are starring women. Now, do they all have a very certain specific type in terms of appearance? Yes. And are they diverse? Not really. But most of them feature strong female friendships. So almost every lead female character has a best friend. Okay. Which I think is important. Many feature women who dump guys when they don't treat them right, don't respect them, or don't share their values. And not that I think women should go around dumping men all the time, but I think women should be empowered enough to say, we don't share values or you're not treating me the way I want to be treated. So that's empowering. They're often funny. Okay. They're fun to watch. And they do celebrate the kinds of things of Christmas that I think we want to be focusing on. Kindness to strangers, romance, giving, family time, those kinds of things. They also, a lot of times, have older than typical female leads. So Catherine Bell, for instance, is in a lot of these movies. Uh, the aunt from Full House, whose name I can't remember. You're asking the wrong person to you help didn't, you. You don't know Full House? I kind of know it, but I was not raised and on e- this planet, and apparently. E- <laughs> and even, honestly, at this point, Candace Cameron Bure from Full House, she's older than... Did you just stick your tongue out? <laughs> she's not my favorite. Uh, she is is now, I mean, she's our age or older, which is older than. Yeah, she's got to be older than us. Uh, older than a, a typical female lead. Okay. So I think that's great. By, by the way, Cameron Candace Bur- Burry is making Hallmark Channel movies year round. Oh. Yeah. If they're not Christmas movies, then they're like mystery movies. Yeah. She's in a lot of their movies. Uh, they have a lot of non-typical families. So there's a lot of step parents, adoptions, nieces being raised by their uncles. And those things are fully embraced. And a lot of them are based on novels written by women, most notably Debbie McComer and Nora Roberts. So we're kind of celebrating the work of female authors, even if it's romance novels. So here's, here's your 
contention with them is because you do actually like them. Right. You and just want them to be better. Exactly. Okay. Here's the most important thing about them. They are very valuable. Okay. I'm listening. You're grimacing is what you're doing. <laughs> and and maybe I should have said this at the beginning because I think by this point, everyone who likes Hallmark movies has probably turned off the podcast. They are very valuable because as we have discussed, women endure a high level of stress during this period of time. In the year. Yes. Yes. And these are, I want to say, a valuable self-care option for women if they enjoy them. I'm not prescribing them to you if you wouldn't enjoy them. But if you enjoy them, then they are providing you with a great deal of stress relief, happiness, laughter, relaxation, and time to yourself. Because for the most part, I mean, of course, there are exceptions. These are movies being watched by women. So, I mean, I think it's a valuable service that these movies provide to women in terms of self-care. You get an opportunity to do something that is seasonal. Allowing yourself to relax for that hour and a half and not think about writing out the Christmas cards and not think about right. the tree and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I mean, I think maybe in some cases it emphasizes the you have to make Christmas perfect and magical problem. But I think moreover, they're just a fun way to escape all of the chaos around you for a couple of hours to enjoy a movie that you know is going to have a happy ending. And that is very satisfying for people to sit down and say, I know that this movie is going to have a happy ending. So is that narratively interesting? No. Is the dialogue very transformative? No. But it is it is a relief to you if you know, I don't have to watch this movie and be scared of what's going to happen because I know it's going to turn out well. Right. And that's that's something that we seek in a time of stress. So I think they're important. I so think they're they, comforting? Yes. Okay. I think they could do better in a lot of ways, but... I think they are valuable. They're seasonal, so I want to get into the Christmas spirit, but I don't want to, you know, I'm not always trying to read literature, Misty. <laughs> I'm not always doing academic research. We are very different people. You should try and watch. I'm not going to I'm not going to watch these. I'm sorry. I, I respect your choice to watch them, Allegra. <laughs> so, Misty, this is our last episode of the year. I know. It's been exciting. It has. I think we started this episode with the goal of uh, getting 10 people to listen to us. Yeah, I think we have very low expectations going into this adventure. And we have exceeded that goal. By a little bit. By by hundreds, almost a thousand. Yeah, so it's been exciting. Yeah. What's been your favorite part? I think trying to find something that we have commonality on. We haven't got there yet. We're still looking. Well, I mean, we're both feminists. And yeah. We both care deeply about what we talk about. Yeah, just getting to discuss that and hearing the response from people that they've been excited to hear somebody talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I really wasn't sure there was an audience for this at first. And honestly, if anybody wants to give us a Christmas present, a five star review on iTunes is the best <laughs> we'll gift you can it. give us. Yeah. <laughs> so because we are professors, we will be off. We will for a little bit, a few weeks, but we'll be back in January. So when we don't update for a couple weeks, we haven't gone anywhere. We're not neglecting our duties with the podcast. We are, in fact, coming up with newer, better, stronger, faster. Maybe not faster. Funnier. Funnier. (laughs) There's no way to be funnier than we already are. Misty. Okay, but if anybody has suggestions. Absolutely. We would love to hear those. Absolutely. So email, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Did you know that we had all those things, Misty? I knew about two of them. Okay, we have all those things. So hit us up, 
jam out to our the best place to find our our playlists is instagram okay. they're all saved at the top of the instagram page so we've got christmas we've got the 60, lady 70s. positive christmas music yeah uh we've got all of those hey misty yes what's next in your lady life so i am about to take three weeks off yeah and i'm in gonna enjoy that and uh do a lot of fun academic research are you te- are you teaching over the break i am teaching my class me I'm too. teaching a winter semester yeah me too and i'm gonna be getting caught up on my reading list so it's exciting for oh me. yeah i'm like five or six books behind my reading goal so yeah. i gotta get on that allegra what's next in your lady life well my husband graduates from college tomorrow yay so that's exciting that's very exciting congratulations 8 a.m oh no so that's less exciting. That's a terrible time. We know. We didn't choose it. And one of our friends is graduating with his master's the night before at 8 p.m. Oh. So, yeah. Well, congrats to the graduates. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Professed Hers, our podcast about seeing movies, culture, and history through our lady eyes. I'm Misty, and I hope you decorate with white lights. And I'm Allegra, and I hope you decorate with all of the multicolor light strands you can find. They don't even have to match each other. Shine as bright as you want. We'd love to hear from you, what you thought about today's episode, what you'd like us to discuss in future episodes, or how great you think we are. Pretty great. To connect with us, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at ProfessHers, P-R-O-F-E-S-S-H-E-R-S, or by email at the same address, ProfessHers at gmail.com. Thanks to everyone who's been listening, commenting, liking, and reviewing our podcast. The best way to keep up with us is to subscribe. Please keep doing all of those things. We hope that you have a great holiday season and that you recommend our podcast to a friend. Our podcast is written by Misty and me. And remember, cinnamon rolls, not gender rolls. <laughs> <laughs>